0: On, on News Talk. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone, the internet changed the world.
1: Penicillin, I would have thought.
0: I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us uh, once again to speak about the walking stick. And uh, part of, there's a kind of a personal reason why uh, you wanted to talk about this this week.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um, both my grandparents used walking sticks. Um, my grandmother's was, in many ways, more like a scepter, like what a bishop might carry. It's quite tall, you know, went well above elbow height. And uh, she used it very powerfully to, you know, direct animals on the farm and <laughs> yes. to, to move her grandchildren yeah. around the place. Um, it was a real man- kind of a, an extension of, a, of an arm, so to speak. And, um, But, yeah, it got me interested that. And also I came across a recent interview with Paul Feig, this very successful Hollywood director of movies like Bridesmaids and the like. And he has a collection of 80 walking sticks. That's how he spends his wealth.
0: Sean. How interesting. Well, I suppose, and we will get to this, I suppose, because there have been periods in history when a walking stick wasn't just a, 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 an aid of some sort, it was a fashion accessory for men. Uh,
1: till relatively recently. I mean, uh, we, we will come to that, as you say, Winston Churchill and the like. But um, it, it is like if we were in the 18th century, uh, you and me, Sean, wandering into work, we would probably be carrying a cane, not because we needed them necessarily, yeah. but because they were a fashion accessory.
0: So did the cane kind of replace the sword? Indeed, yeah. yeah. So mm. the the
1: the sword was something that you that a gentleman would have carried on their person, particularly people of military rank, even to a a ball or a, you know some sort of evening event when we did the Wellington recently of course and um, the Duke of Wellington was forever wearing wellies wherever he went yeah and he would have worn <laughs> um, his sword on his person as well until it was replaced with a uh, cane but where did all this begin I suppose the best way for me the best starting off point Sean is probably Tutankhamun. Which is an interesting place to start in the sense that he's so young when he died. He was only 19. He was a teenager but he was a teenager who used a walking stick for most of his life. Is there anything sadder than an image of a child uh, with, with a walking stick. Very, uh-huh. very, very difficult. But he was, of course, the, he was discovered when uh, Carter, the art, famous archaeologist, discovered his tomb in 1922. There were 130 walking sticks buried with him. Um, now, this tells us two things. Firstly, that in ancient African archaeology, the walking stick is um a vehicle for displaying one's wealth and status. Ah. Um that's the first thing. But perhaps more importantly, Tutankhamun the reason one of the reasons he died so young is he was very, very sick. He was malarial, he had a bone disorder, um, a very degenerative bone disorder, and he was unable to walk without the aid of a walking stick. He was, of course, the son of siblings. Um, his mother was the sister of his father. Um, which would inevitably cause complications one would imagine. Um, of all sorts, yes. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest he had a terrible start in yeah. life. Um, so that's that's the way it started. Um, some of his walking sticks are interesting. I tweeted a photograph uh, earlier of some of those walking sticks. Some of them are really like you could imagine them being made not that long ago. It's mm. extraordinary. They have very similar design. I mean the walking stick is something that really hasn't, the, the technology hasn't changed much (laughs) in thousands of years you know it's pretty static at this stage there's not much else you can do with walking sticks to make them better maybe put a bit of rubber on the end I'm sure he didn't have that but it does have uh, a Nubian slave which uh, has been very topical in this country over the last six months, with, mm. with the uh, the Shelburne Hotel and 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 all that, uh, which was proven not to be a Nubian slave. But um, that kind of imagery is very important in African archaeology, and the reason, uh, particularly on walking sticks, and the reason for that, Sean, is because walking sticks were a way of showing someone like Tutankhamun or an emperor as a conqueror. And there was great power in that—that that his hand was holding the head of a slave. It's—it's it's very diminishing, wow. very—you uh, know—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's very powerful and kind of disturbing imagery, really. Mm. Um, so that's that's where I'm starting. The next big thing, of course, and this is probably the the most fun aspect of the history of the Walking Stick is the dandies of the eighteenth century, um. You'll see this in some old movies, but, um, you know, it's the the idea of carrying a walking stick which replaced the sword, as you said before. Um, It was something that was highly decorative. The handles could be made with, you know, stone, wood, glass, gold, silver, ivory, porcelain, depending on your means and what you were trying to communicate about yourself. And... um, there was a lot of etiquette involved in how a gentleman carried his walking stick. Um, and these, the rules... And With, thought, yeah, yeah, sorry to
0: interrupt, but Would they have called them walking sticks or would they have called them canes? That's a very good
1: question. So cane, the, the term cane was only really introduced during the time of Henry VIII, um, which of course is pre what we're talking about here at the 17th century but he brought it in to describe a walking stick that was made with exotic imported woods mm. so bamboo cane for example um, but uh, over time a cane, a cane came to describe a walking stick which doesn't have a curved head
0: Yes, yeah uh, which, which, which is Which is the ornamental version of it Exactly I Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, But the, the etiquette and the rules were very heavily policed in London in high society in the 18th and early 19th centuries, Sean, there were several rules. For example, you couldn't hold it under your arm because that's dangerous. <laughs> you might poke
0: somebody. Yeah, might poke good point.
1: yeah, yeah It's like you wouldn't go, well, you shouldn't go around holding a pool cue under your arm. Mm. Um, you shouldn't brandish it in the air. You shouldn't drag it on the ground and you shouldn't lean on it while standing. That was a really big no-no. Oh. I found a lot of references to that. That was like... You know, not doffing your hat to a passing lady. That was a real no no. Um, I want to go back and watch Bridgerton again and see how they used canes. And why and were the- you not
0: allowed to lean on the, on the cane?
1: I'm not sure exactly. Um, I think it was uh, quite disrespectful
0: mm. to, okay. to do that. It was oh, a bit too casual. Yeah.
1: It was like putting your hands in your
0: pockets. Just too casual, um, <laughs> yeah. you know. and and there were and there were kind of ta- d- days when you weren't supposed to have your cane and and all yeah, that you kind couldn't of-
1: use your cane on a Sunday or on public holidays, and you also couldn't use your cane if you were uh, meeting a dignitary from foreign lands or a member of the royal family, and this brings up a very important point about. Um, walking sticks at this time Sean is that a lot of them were what were called sword sticks that they were hollow in the middle and Mm. they concealed a very thin thinly shafted sword Wow Yeah and that could be unsheathed and it could be used dangerously as a weapon so of course you couldn't be meeting anyone important if you were carrying a walking stick because God knows what was inside
0: yeah and and did people have occasion to use these sword sticks oh yeah absolutely
1: if you were in the gentleman's club and you needed to solve a (laughs) crisis (laughs) I'm not accepting a a a dowry that small from your daughter I need a larger dowry you might sort out that with a jewel using a sword stick Wow! but this was big business Sean I mean I was staggered by the numbers I mean by the mid 19th century there were 165 separate independent manufacturers of walking sticks in Paris alone (sighs) employing a thousand workmen so this was really, really big business. And how were they made? They went through the same process. A very detailed, handcrafted process. First they were sandpapered, then they were emeryed to make them even finer, then they were rottenstoned. I don't know if you've ever heard of rottenstoning, but this is a very fine, porous limestone uh, powder that is used to rub on a surface and it makes it really, really smooth. Very expensive. Then it was smoothed even further with the skin of a fish. Then it was stained <laughs> with liquid dye and finally
0: varnished. So they were expensive. Wow. That's a, that's an extraordinary uh, production process. Um, when did they? Uh, and I suppose we could remember well into the 20th century people would be carrying walking
1: sticks. Yeah. Now, two of my favourite... Of the last kind of, you know, carriers of walking sticks for decorative, dandyish purposes were one American and one British. Harding, President Harding, uh, what was his name? His first name? Um, oh, I've just missed it there now. But uh, basically, he carried one right through his um, presidency from 1921 to 23 before he died. And he, in fact, had over 30. Uh, walking sticks in the White House during his time there. And of course, we mustn't forget Winston Churchill. Yes. Um, Churchill carried a walking stick from the age of 33. We often have in our head this image of the elder statesman of Churchill maybe at the end of the war or even um, his oft-forgotten last term as prime minister in the nineteen fifties, you um, know that would make sense—an older man carrying a walking stick. But he was gi- he was gifted a walking stick or a cane, I should say, by King Edward the Seventh in nineteen o eight when he was thirty three. Um, And it wasn't until 1953 when he had a stroke that he actually medically required a walking stick. So all those photographs, which mm. there are ple- they're very, very plentiful uh, during the war and all the rest, when he's carrying his walking stick, it is for uh, dandyish purposes. But also something more is going on with those images, Sean. And I think it is, he was a man that was very aware of his own image. Uh, particularly during the war there was huge strength in the power of his images the bulldog the British bulldog he was a big presence he had a double-breasted suit his clock in the, the breast pocket of his suit um, he had his bowler hat he had his cigar and he had his cane it was a powerful symbol and I think he used the walking stick probably
0: better than
1: any other historical figure
0: yeah. Of course he was also drunk for a lot of that period in, you described it, so yeah. So It, it, so he it did, did have something of a practical uh, application there, <laughs> and we should mention, of course, the the, uh, the 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 walking stick for for sight impaired people as well. That's yeah. When so did that? When did that first come into use? Uh,
1: much to my chagrin, I didn't know, and I should have known this, but uh, the walking stick for for the blind community it's called a white cane. Self explanatory. Mm. That's what it is. It's a white cane, and it was. Invented by a man by the name of James Biggs, Sean, um, from Bristol in England in 1921. He was an artist. He had lost his sight in an accident. And when he was readjusting to his environment, he was aware, of course, this is the 1920s, there was a massive increase in road traffic of motor cars uh, in that decade. And the blind community suddenly became a lot more vulnerable. So he painted his stick White. this then became popularized all over england over the subsequent Decade And ever since, there has been a very important campaign around the world for blind people to use white canes.
0: Yeah, uh, and they still do uh, to this day. Tommy in Mayo says, you obviously have never seen a clockwork orange. Good point, Tommy. Uh, they they, they oh, do have yeah. walking sticks. Very there. threatening. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're obviously weapons. Sam says, uh, is there any reason to believe that people in Victorian times had more orthopedic issues than modern people? Hence the popularity of walking sticks. I don't know. Uh, uh, Kevin says, I would have thought a walking stick uh, would have also served... As a defence against thieves, and in Victorian times, they often contained a concealed sword. Yes, indeed, as uh, as Simon was telling us. Uh, uh, Someone else says, my grandfather was a stern man. He had a great big wooden walking stick, which he would wield uh, when angry. Now, he was never violent with us, but that walking stick had a certain power to elicit silence in us uh, as young children. I would imagine it would. And uh, uh, not just, I mean, walking sticks, probably, are walking sticks, but sometimes they have a dual use. Uh, Brian from the Irish Traditional Music Archive texted in to say we have a walking stick flooshed uh, in our collection and it's playable.
1: Wow, that's fantastic! Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah, so many of them did do multiple things at one go.
0: But imagine like being in the pub and you have a walking and suddenly. Yeah. i give it a good clean first, though. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah. <laughs> Especially depending which end you blow into, uh, as long as at the end that's uh, uh, that's in contact with the ground. Simon, fascinating as ever. Thank you very much, Simon Tierney. There you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Moncrief on News Talk.